This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Philadelphia has become the first major U.S. city to ban cashless stores. The city is making this move in part to protect those consumers who may not have credit cards or only use money. Given the poverty rate in Philadelphia right now at around 26 percent, this may apply to a larger sector of the population. The law, which goes into effect on, or I should say the ordinance, which goes into effect on July 1st, exempts some businesses such as parking structures, rentals, requiring a security deposit, and those with a membership model, amongst others. Amazon, for example, was informed that they could work around the law as long as membership is required. So are restrictions on cashless businesses ultimately good for consumers and for the municipalities? And will other metropolitan areas follow Philadelphia's lead? With more on this, we are currently joined by Philadelphia Democratic City Councilman at Large, William Greenlee, who co-sponsored the bill. And joining us coming up in just a few minutes, Jay Zagorski, who's an economist and senior lecturer of markets, public policy and law at Boston University, and also will be joining us in a few minutes, uh, Mirsa Biradaran, who's an associate dean for strategy initiatives and the associate chair in corporate law at the University of Georgia Law School. First, Councilman Greenlee, great to have you with us today. Thank you, sir. Okay, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. So uh, give us the backstory on bringing this ordinance to play in the first place. Yeah, it was actually kind of a, a simple concept, I would guess. Um, I started hearing here, particularly here in Center City, Philadelphia, and I think that's significant because that's where people from all backgrounds and all economic uh, groups come, uh, that there was a couple places that were was not accepting cash anymore, that you had to have some kind of credit card, debit card, to get a cup of coffee, to get a salad, you know. Um, and I just thought, that just doesn't sound right to me, because I know there were a certain amount of people who are what's called unbanked, which means they yeah. don't have any kind of credit. Right. Um, and um, I, I, the more I started talking to people about it, we realized that it overly affects, not surprisingly, lower-income people, minorities, immigrants, you know, who might fall into the category of, of being unbanked. Right. So um, put in a bill that basically said that a regular retail stores have to accept cash. Now, it doesn't stop any place from accepting any kind of credit card they want. It doesn't stop anybody from using any credit card they want. Right. But also, the place would have to accept cash, which is, as I like to say, something that was being done since Ben Franklin walked the streets of Philadelphia. Well, so we're not asking for anything, you know, great or new. And uh, the one place I know that did accept it, I mean, that, that was going cashless, um, uh, Sweet Green, a salad place, had already accepted cash So be, previously. So all we were saying, yeah, okay, go back to where you were before, that's all. I, I find it interesting that, that mm-hmm. this was the decision made by some of these businesses because thinking, and I live in the Philadelphia suburbs, that I know mm-hmm. of, a, of a couple of, of restaurants that prefer not to accept credit cards. Mm-hmm. They would mm-hmm. rather do the cash only because right. they don't want to have to deal with the fees that you have to pay with the credit card companies. Correct. It's mm-hmm. unique that it, it's to a degree, coming full circle. Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, you know, I, I think the key, though, with, with, with the bill that we, we did here, the law we we're, were passed, uh, that, you know, cash has obviously, demo- cash is the monetary unit of the United States of America. So to say that if somebody, and the example I give, I can go into this coffee shop across from City Hall right now, I have a credit card, I can get my cup of coffee and muffin and whatever, 
Uh, yet the person behind me that has the same amount of money, except in the currency of the United States, cannot purchase that product. And right. It just doesn't seem right. And, and I'm amazed at how this has become a popular issue with people. I've gotten many, many calls from people, folks who know me, stop me and say, you know, that really makes sense. And these are people sometimes that use mostly credit cards, they, right. but it's the fairness issue, you know, the the equal treatment issue that I think is hitting with people. You mentioned obviously seeing this firsthand here in Center City, Philadelphia, but how also potentially do you have to take into effect the other areas of the city, the other neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. which may obviously play more into the lower income uh, people that live here in Philadelphia? Exactly. I I use the city, uh, Center City as an example because, again, it's, I guess, the use a, a word, eclectic, you know, everybody comes into Center City for some reason. But I think it does affect the local uh, neighborhoods. Now, interestingly enough, there's not that we could find many places in, in neighborhood places, you know, the corner grocery store, uh, for example, or restaurant, diner, yeah. that is falls in this category yet. And I think for the reason that we stated, that there are Unfortunately, in Philadelphia, we're called the poorest big city in America. Obviously, it's something we're not proud of. Right. But there are people who who would frequent those places who would not be able to if, if they were cashless. So it seems like it's at this point, for the most part, the few places that have popped up have mostly been in Center City and maybe you know in, in the more affluent neighborhoods like a Chestnut Hill, although I'm not aware of one in Chestnut Hill, right. but there could be could be uh, you know, could be one there, and and that's one of the reasons why we did the bill relatively quickly because we thought it was only fair to the businesses who might be thinking going cashless. Hey, look, this is not the way we think the city should go, so that we're not changing the business model of a lot of businesses. Right now, it's just a I would say a relative handful. Did you receive a- any uh, fight back from companies? And I'm thinking Amazon specifically yeah. mm-hmm. because of the fact that Amazon's trying to develop Amazon Go. Right. Uh, obviously, Philadelphia was one of the last twenty in in the potential of having an Amazon HQ two as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. Amazon mostly dealt with the Commerce Department of the city and not directly with me okay. as the sponsor or with Councilman Sanchez, who is the co-sponsor. Uh, they sent some um, uh, possible amendments. We did amend, and you made a reference to the membership amendment that we put in yeah. uh, that we think we can work with Amazon on that issue um, so that they you know, they can still you know, come in here if they, you know, if they choose. But I guess the way I always answer, and there was a letter sent by the Chamber of Commerce opposing it. Interestingly enough, really nobody called me, even the businesses that are now cashless, nobody contacted me right. to express opposition. Um, I, I think uh, one of the uh, the keys here is, though, that, again, Amazon or whoever company would like to come in the city, we want to see them come in. But I think our priority has to be the people who live here now. Right, you know? exactly. And, they're, you know, and like I said, particularly those people, I always feel uh, we're supposed to help the ones that need the help the most. I guess that makes me a liberal, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, that's I think that's got to be our priority. And again, if we can work with the other uh, entities, 
to uh, to make them comfortable, that's fine, too. Philadelphia City Councilman William Greenlee uh, joining us to talk about uh, the bill that he co-sponsored uh, to uh, ban cashless stores here in the city of Philadelphia. You're listening to Knowledge of Wharton here on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I, I, obviously, this is starting to make some news, not only here in Philadelphia, but but around the country. And, and I, I, we're going to talk about it in a little bit that this is not something that is relatively new, but it is an, an interesting idea in the concept of where we are right now in terms of the retail sector and where we may be headed in the years to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I, I don't think, you know, we're all for modernization, but I don't think modernization should leave people behind and, and sort of make an us and them atmosphere out there. Right. And that's how we saw what this cashless thing was doing, that there was a certain group of people who were basically being told, maybe not intentionally, I'm not going to get in people's heads, but being told, well, we don't need your business here, you know? And I I just don't think that's the right approach. Uh, You know, again, I think people, you know, people treat it fairly. And and somehow taking the monetary unit of the United States, which people have been doing for centuries here in, in America, I don't think it should be that difficult to do. You know, that's what business have been doing for a long time. So we're 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 really not, you know, telling you to reinvent the wheel. Right. You know? <laughs> we just say do what people have been doing for a long time. Councilman, thank you for your time. I sure. greatly appreciate you coming on the show. Okay, you're welcome. Thank right. you. Uh, Philadelphia City Councilman at large, uh, William Greenlee, talking about the bill that he, he co-sponsored. Now being joined by Jay Zagorski of uh, Boston University, as we mentioned before, and also Mirsa Beradaran, who is uh, with the University of Georgia Law School. Thank you both for coming on. And, uh, Jay, I'll start with you. Uh, your uh, reaction to some of the things that uh, that Councilman Greenlee said there. Uh, I think Councilman Greenlee should be uh, praised for exactly what he did, but I think he's actually missing uh, some of the important things he did. One of the important things he did for Center City is that there's a large number of tourists in downtown Philadelphia, and not all tourists necessarily have the proper way of going cashless. I'll tell you a personal story. Uh, I have a credit card. I was in Florida about two weeks ago. I pulled up to a gasoline pump to fill up my car with gas. And for whatever reason, the uh, gasoline pump sort of malfunctioned. They canceled my credit card on the spot because the bank suddenly noticed what they thought was fraud. Oh, God. And I was in Florida with, uh, luckily, I had $40 so I could get back to the airport and fill up the car with gas. Um, I'm not part of that unbanked society, but when they turned off my credit card, I suddenly became basically without money. And if you had not had that $40 in your pocket, you were going to be in, in a little bit of an issue there. I, I had no way of actually filling the car up to get the car. I wasn't going to push it you know, 50 or 60 miles yeah. back to the airport. Marissa, what was your uh, reaction to the comments of, of Councilman Greeley? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I love his definition of a liberal being interested in helping the <laughs> the people who need it most. And I, I feel like, you know, we all maybe should be liberals in that way. But but absolutely, I think it's a great um, idea. Uh, I mean, it reminds me of this quote, um, you know, in its majestic equality, the law forbids rich and poor alike to sleep under bridges, beg in the streets and steal loaves of bread. I mean, look, um, cashlessness uh, doesn't affect us all equally. Um, so there's a lot of people, uh, you know, something like 
10 million Americans, and these are all low-middle-income Americans who don't have an access to a bank account. And so these are the people who suffer most when we go cashless, and they pay a lot to use their money. Um, and so this is, you know, something like 10% of their income goes to getting prepaid debit cards, getting money orders. And so this is an added expense and a hassle, uh, not for people like you and me, uh, but for people who don't have bank accounts. And those of us who have had these, you know, small experiences of our credit card stop working, we can see what a huge hassle it is to have to work in cash. Well, and the other part to it, as you mentioned there, Mirsa, is the fact that the fees that a lot of people pay for using cards, they do rack up. And for some people that may be on the lower end of the economic spectrum that would use a debit card from their bank, that they go to their bank to take $40 out, and it's not a an ATM that is connected to a network. They still have to pay that $350, $4, whatever that surcharge is. That That really racks up in a hurry. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when people say, well, isn't there free checking? There is if you have enough money to keep in the bank. But for those who don't, um, they're risking overdraft fees every time their balance slips below a certain um, amount, right, zero. And um, so a lot of people make the very rational decision to not have a bank account and risk all those random fees and and go with the check cashing service. Um, And so, so these people, every time they have to go from cash to their paycheck, Back to cash, they have to pay, you know, ten percent. Uh, they have to go somewhere. It's a real huge hassle for them. Jay, uh, what I find interesting, and, and you had mentioned this uh, in, in emails, we had traded back and forth that this is relatively not a a brand new idea here uh, of doing cashless. No, uh, I want to say two things. One, in 1978, I'm in Massachusetts. Massachusetts passed a law that said retail establishments have to accept cash. They can accept, just like what the councilman said, they can accept credit cards, debit cards, and things like that. But in Massachusetts, you cannot be a cashless retail store. So Amazon, for example, cannot come in and say, we only accept our app. Uh, They have to have a way of doing it. Uh, And we have a restaurant that just opened recently here in downtown Boston called Spice. It's a fully automated restaurant, basically completely run by robots. It's a robotic kitchen. It's very cool to watch. Uh, and you walk up, uh, you go to the touch screen, you order your food, and it says, how would you like to pay? And they'd like you to pay with credit cards, but there is a button that says, uh, call manager, I'd like to pay, use cash instead. So even the robotic restaurants have sort of an out for people who want to pay cash. Councilman Greenlee actually staying with us uh, <laughs> yeah. and joining us for a few more minutes. And Councilman, one of the, the, the interests that I have is that I recently saw a story where the Atlanta Falcons Stadium mm-hmm. down in Atlanta, Georgia, has announced that they are going cashless. So yeah. that if you go to a Falcons game or some other event at that stadium, uh, cash will not be accepted. I, I'm, I'm wondering if you expect in, in the wake of this bill coming forth, do you expect that you are going to hear from other cities about what you had co-sponsored here and about whether or not other cities are, are going to, to follow suit. I think so. I know New York has a law pending already. New York City has a law pending. I think it's Councilman Torres, I believe is his name, that put one in. Um, and I understand it's, it's, you know, it's going to be spreading around. So, yeah, I think we will. And I, I, thought, I saw that Atlanta uh, story yesterday, and I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I don't know. Are we, are we moving too fast? Uh, forward too fast that you can't buy a hot dog at a ball game now? <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's not only that, it's also Tropicana Field down in Florida. Oh, Florida, Major Tampa. League Baseball yeah. has decided to become cashless also. Oh, well, Mercy, okay. you're there in Georgia. So, I mean, this is one example, but what is what is kind of the, the mindset around going cashless or not there in Georgia? 
Well, I mean, it benefits businesses. You know, um, going cashless is mm-hmm. cash is really expensive to deal in, right? So for, for people who have to operate in cash and for the businesses also. So they're saving a lot of money if they just have to, you know, remove their cash registers and, and go with iPads. So I, I can see the business motivation, um, especially if, you know, the customers that are affected are low-income people anyway. So who cares, right? We, we can afford to lose them. And I'm not surprised that the Chamber of Commerce gave pushback on this. And so, so this is where, you know, the people have to stand up and say, look, I mean, there are some of us who don't have the political power, um, but who still need to operate in cash. So I think it's obvious. I mean, look at the marijuana businesses out in California that operate in cash. They spend so much money um, because they, they aren't you know, able to have bank accounts for various reasons. And it's, it's a huge cost for them. So, Jay, I think then I'll bring up the question of whether or not, and obviously with the councilman's legislation that that he brought forward, but it almost feels like that if a business wants to perceive of going cashless, that it it is obviously an individual decision in many cases, in many towns, of wanting to do that. Uh, But in order to prevent that, it's going to have to be through legislative methods to be able to prevent these types of things from occurring. I think legislative is important, and many of you user listeners right now are probably wondering how companies can go cashless when they can pull a bill out of their wallet and it says, this note is legal tender for all debts, public and private. Right. And it's a very simple idea. If you want to, we'll take gas pumping for a second. You drive up to a gas pump, uh, and if you have not yet pumped any gas, you don't owe that gas station a debt. It's only until after you pump pump the gas, which is how on airlines they can say when you get on a plane, we do not accept cash because you have not bought a beer. You have not bought a glass of wine or a snack box. If they tell you ahead of time and there's no debt incurred, they don't have to accept cash. Once you've bought a meal, once you've gotten a beer, once you've gotten a full tank of gas, you owe that person a debt, then they must at that point accept cash. So if everyone's up front, legally, they don't have to accept cash. Councilman, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, this is something that's, that it, a lot of businesses think is is to their benefit, and I understand what the what your guest said. Um, it just, again, I guess in legislation or in government generally, you try to look for a fair balance. And to me, you know, it, it the the balance is that you have to look out for the people who who can't, for whatever reason, cannot get that product. Right. And and again, I go back to the us and them thing. You know, it just it it would be disturbing to me to see uh, this cashless uh, phenomenon grow and have that you know divide of people. It just does not seem to be to be fair. And like I said, when government has to step in for those kind of things, we step in. Some people think we should stay out of business's way, but um, again. When you look at the balance of it, I, I think you, you have to help the people that need the help. Well, Jay, then the idea, I, th- I think a lot of people believe, behind doing a cashless store is the ease for the consumer and the fact that all they have to do is, is swipe their credit card or swipe their debit card and, and be able to get in and out relatively quickly. But I'm wondering also, from the, from the business perspective, if there isn't a little element of security uh, of not having to worry about having cash on hand in a particular business, depending on the location of the business and and where it is in a particular town. I would agree. There are definite advantages for the business. Uh, In many ways, they lower the amount of staff. They lower the Mm -hmm. amount of theft. They speed up the lines. But there's no free lunch here. First, (laughs) businesses have to pay more to the credit card companies. The credit card companies and the interchange fees are going to take 2 to 3% off the top. It's going to lower their profit margins. 
but for consumers, one of the other things that has a problem is for the middle and higher consumers. By charging everything, you tend to spend more. You're divorced from the moment of payment. You basically swipe your card, and, yeah, I'll worry about it 30 days later. But 30 days, that's a long time from now. So people tend to spend a lot more. So if you have any kind of saving uh, problems or any kind of spending issues, going cashless is not the way you want to do it. Councilman uh, Bill Greenlee joining us as well. And Councilman, uh, you mentioned about trying to potentially work with Amazon uh, to to be able to potentially bring these Amazon Go stores here down the road at, at some point. How willing do you think Amazon is to try and, and work with you to try and see if there is a way to work around the, the rules that you put in place? Well, I guess the, sh- I guess the short answer is we'll see. <laughs> right. I mean, between now and July 1st, uh, we work with the particularly the Commissioner on Relations, who are going to be the enforcement uh, agency in, this, in, in, in Philadelphia, uh, to work out regulations. So, I mean, we're in the Commerce Department, who, quite frankly, was hesitant on this bill. They were sort of they didn't take a position one way or the other. Right. I'm sure they're going to try to work in seeing if if Amazon, if they can, I don't know, satisfy, placate, whatever word you want to use, uh, Amazon or other corporations like that that might be thinking of uh, having some kind of business in in the city. Again, I go back to, and I'm not trying to be sarcastic here, but I go back to the aren't we aren't isn't our responsibility to people who live here now right. first. And that's what I, I would say. And and also, you know, and, and I think it was a good point was brought up about the, the gas station issue. There are times where, for whatever reason, that credit card machine doesn't work, you know. Then what, you know. So I think it's uh, – it, 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 we talk mostly about the low-income people, and they're, the, I think, the ones that are mostly affected. But, you know, it, it can have an effect on, on the general population, too. When, when you put this, uh, this bill together, mm-hmm. uh, take us in f- uh, for a second, if you can, to the importance of those specific carve-outs that, that are in there involving uh, rentals and, and mm-hmm. parking structures. Why, why were those important to, to leave them as is? Well, first of all, uh, as we always have to say in city council, we need nine votes to get a bill passed. Right. So we wanted to try to address whatever concerns might be raised. And and my, uh, our focus in this bill was more on what I would call the retail brick-and-mortar uh, establishments. Um, you know, you go in, you, 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 want, you, you, you have a product you want to buy, and you pay for it. I guess we saw garages and those kind of things, rental car uh, businesses – it's just a little bit different, and was willing. We're willing to carve those out in order to make sure that we uh, had enough council people and the mayor comfortable <laughs> to uh, to support the bill. So you know that's the kind of stuff you have to go through in legislation. I mean, I guess in my perfect world, you know, you'd be able to use cash everywhere, but. You know, where uh, we don't live in my perfect world, so we try to do what you can, uh, what you can do. And I, and I think again, our target, if you will, was the the coffee shops, restaurants, hardware stores. You know, that kind of thing. That was the thing we were mostly interested in making sure that people, if they chose to or needed to, could pay cash. Mirsa, how much interest are, are are we seeing already, and and do you expect to see? from other cities and, and towns, and I mentioned New Jersey, which is actually looking at this as well. How much interest do you think we're going to see now and in the future for bills like this? I mean, I hope a lot of interest. But, you know, again, as with politics, you really need a motivated group of interested parties to really push legislation. And I don't see, you know, the you know the uh, plans like this to benefit sort of, you know, average working uh, poor people – 
don't tend to have a lot of um, sponsors in legislature. So I really commend what Philadelphia has done. So I, you know, the pessimist, the political pessimist in me says, look, this is something that if the Chamber of Commerce opposes it, you're not likely to see it pass. I would hope that more cities would um, follow Philadelphia's lead. Great to have you all with us today. Councilman, thank you for your time. Greatly appreciate your insight. Thank you. you. Jay, uh, Mirsa, thank you both for your time. All the best. Thank you so much. Thank you all. Uh, Philadelphia City Councilman at Large, William Greenlee, Jay Zagorski from uh, Boston University, and Mirsa Baradaran of uh, the University of Georgia. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 